Hello everyone. Happy Wednesday. We've made it to episode 12 and this week is none other than Frank Dillo. He is another year older, another year wiser, and another year angrier. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to stay tuned to the end because there are many tangents and many things we talk about and it just, it literally, we go all over the place. So I hope you enjoy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, review, all the things. Frank Dillo. I'm going to call you Frank Dillo. That's Angry fine. Frank? I don't, I don't know. We'll figure no, this well, out. We are recording this less than two weeks before my next birthday. Even though it'll be after my birthday when it'll this, be. Oh, yeah. you're gonna be even so, okay. So older man, Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I listened. I listened to the episode with Jen. Fine. Mm, yeah, I mean, I honestly call you old. I think in every episode, so that's nothing new. Absolutely nothing new. But episode twelve, you made it. It only took you twelve episodes to come aboard the the ship. There's no ship. I, I don't. Know. I like making people wait. Wait. You know, anticipation is key. It's all about the waiting. Oh, I thought I, I thought it was my fault because I, you know, it's fine. Schedules and maybe I just forgot to ask or I like Jen more. I don't know. I'm not saying I have a favorite. I'm just, I didn't want you to think you, I wasn't. You, you can throw in you were scared to ask me. You can throw that in there. Intimidated, fearful. You're a pretty whatever. intimidating person most of the, nah, I think we got over that. I can't tell. I, you know, people do think that and I don't know why. I don't know what it is. So you can tell me why you think I am so intimidating, which I am not. And, and don't say just the tone of my voice right at this mm-hmm. moment is part of that scenario. No, 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 no. So it's, it's the, how do I, how do I not? Go for it. Go ahead. It's the age. No, no, no. The it's the, well, no, I wasn't even going to say that. It's just, this could go so many directions it's you have a very like dad energy so i feel like i'm gonna get yelled at every time and that's not a dig at you being old it's just a a thing it's just that is something i am definitely learning more these last couple of years is that i have more dad energy i mean granted i have a five-year-old so i guess that makes sense where not surprising for those of you who don't know that i am the older brother of jen delo Oh yeah, we didn't even get there. We, we yeah. didn't even get there. But I always had older brother energy because I was friends. I mean, I have so many more uh, women friends than I do uh, male friends. I would say. I don't know, you know, how how we want to identify anything at this point. But uh, I'll just say that outright because I've always had older brother energy. I think, and uh, now it's dad energy, which is fascinating. But I don't. So I have an older brother. I don't mention him much on this uh, podcast, but I do have an older brother and I don't think I was very intimidated. How many years apart are you and Jen? A seven and a half. Okay. See, I think that that's different then. Cause me and my brother are only two and a half, three years, three, it's three years kind of. So I don't, I didn't get the intimidation because when I was in high school, he was a senior type of thing. Mm. And I didn't really fear him. Our dad, I guess, was also scary enough where I didn't have to fear him. So it's not surprising at this point. I mean, uh, you know, I was a manager at a very young age. Like I've always been kind of in this. I, I never wanted to be a leader, but I've been in, in kind of a leadership uh, position since I was 
19. So I feel like that's also part of it is I also have like kind of a managerial presence that I think sometimes gets in the way of things. But you just got to fix that then you gotta. <laughs> it's too late. Mm. I was always I mean, it's always been I always, you know, again, I also played baseball when I was in high school. So like I had game face, you know, focus, my focus face was angry in nature, I would say. So these are things that are not going away, especially now wearing a mask all the time. If I'm focused, people just think I am mad because it's all here, all anger. That's all you see. Angry eyes. <laughs> okay. Well, needless to say, Frank is not that bad. It's <laughs> not that bad, I guess, is the best way to put it. You know, he, he can be angry, especially when he freezes and different things like that. But mm, I get used to it. You get used to it. We all get used to it. And now we text and I yell at him and it's fine. Yeah. And I, and I want to put angry in context. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm angry. I think there's another, there's another level that I can go to, but I think to everyone else, I may come across angry, but it's, I'm not. It's the dad energy guys. That's the, <laughs> that's the moral of the story. It's the dad energy and that's okay i just i don't i'm always stressed but i think i look stressed all the time so i fit i'm just not i don't have no i'm angry too well you you text in all caps you also downplay you know when you when you speak you know you try to take it down you try to take it down so we just i'm, I'm here when really you're up here all the time called self-control frank also i text in all caps to really emphasize the things that i say mm -hmm. so that i stand out from the crowd right There's something wrong with that you gotta, because you... youtube doesn't like let you italicize or something or you know it's fine bold i'd also accept bolding mm -hmm. bolding's all right bolding's good italicizing quotes it's fine no 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 quotes don't get the point across quotes meh. We're not grammatically that fancy here. We really went off on a tangent and we just started. It wouldn't it wouldn't be me if we weren't going on tangents. That's also true. Okay, well now I'm going to introduce you now, even though you already said it. But if you <laughs> haven't gathered this far into the maybe 10, 5, 10 minutes, I don't know how long we've been talking already. This is Frank, the other half of Dillo's Diz. You can catch them theme park 30 silly lives and things they've changed their whole they've changed their thing and i'm thrown off they're now in the morning instead of the evening it's better for me but i still get confused he can plug himself at the end when we're done communicating things great all right since you're new here mm -hmm. and i i got half the story from jen i gotta get the other half of the story from you i like to ask my my peeps their Disney story since you since you land more on the Disney side we'll start with Disney and then we'll segue into Universal since you seem to appreciate it more than the other Dillo it's fine Jen I still love you well I went to Walt Disney World with my parents before Jen was born I was six and I think that was really the Disney catalyst because if I really want to go back you know my first memory is seeing Star Wars when I was two and a half in the theater, summer of 77. So I was more of a Star Wars kid, superhero kind of, you know, Batman and Robin. 
that was more of my Flintstones. I was into the Flintstones. And that was my childhood prior to going to Walt Disney World. I don't really have the Disney memories prior to going to Walt Disney World in 1981, which was 40 years ago. Totally fine. I'm fine with that. Uh, and then as I think when once Jen was born, we didn't go until she was just turning three. And so there was kind of this bridge of time there that I think I got a little more into Disney, but really that first trip for Jen at age three and, and, and that trip for me at you know, 11 or whatever it was, was really then the next, the next level. And, uh, you know, it hasn't really led up since then. Maybe a little break here and there. Side uh, comment in my head. Mm-hmm. We need to discuss with Mama and Papa Dillo why they waited so long in between children. That that's just that's, <laughs> that's a big gap, but so that's fine. Because mm-hmm. um, I was awesome. Okay, <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> so you were a fan of Star Wars, but was it was it central? Because Star Wars is part of like the whole Disney universe type of thing. Yeah. So would you say sure. that was really the Kickstarter or was it more visiting the park for the first time? Like, was it a movie thing? I think Star Wars gave me a fantasy world on a big screen. And I think the first, you know, when I, we went to a lot of, they had a lot of Wild West kind of themed attractions around when I was little. And, I, I, you know, there's pictures of me in a cowboy hat with six shooters and things like that. So that was the other themed things we would do. But Star Wars presented a world that I don't think I saw fully. You know, then the, the next time I experienced something like that was going to Walt Disney World. Okay. So there are two separate things that kind of are of similar magnitude i guess fantasy mm-hmm. and fantasy is type was right, really sure. where okay fantasy and fantasy and 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 pulling me into a world i think that is something that comes up often on the podcast and whatnot yeah see and it all clicks because i the i understand the hype or the fanfare of it all or the excitement to visit galaxy's edge so mm-hmm. it all clicks with me that you have the star wars thing before the disney thing mm-hmm. I mean, I knew you were a nerd, but like it, I within got reason. it mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and within reason, I, I took a coin when I was six and I went over to that Cinderella fountain next to the castle and I threw a coin into the fountain with a wish that wish Steffers, I wish all the star Wars people were here. Of course. Boom. Behold my power. I'm shaking my that's head. A, if that's no a true. That's see. a true story. That's a true story about that wish. By the way, I'm I'm sure it is. Knowing you, I think I also wished for Star Wars underoos at some point, and that happened. So that's fine. I think that I think, one is more tan. Like more. Uh, never mind. Let's not talk about underoos. At this I think point. that was it in a shopping mall fountain, though, at the time. Oh, then that doesn't count. It's not <laughs> the same. Okay, so you grew up going. Ugh. And then how did it evolve once you got older and Jen wasn't a wee, wee little person? And you, well, you weren't really little at that point with that age no. difference. So, no, I, when the studios opened in and, and by studios, Steffers, I mean, hashtag always MGM. Clearly. And so when the studios opened in 89, I felt like that was also pivotal in terms of, you know, teenage Frank kind of thing. And that, 
it, rather than it just being kind of a kid thing. I liked Epcot, but the studios, you know, what else, what else are you going to do besides, you know, see movies on the weekends when you're in high school? So I felt like, again, I was pulled into the world of movies, so to speak, uh, with the opening of hashtag always MGM. And then again, there was no looking back, you know, where it could have like veered off and eased out of my life um, growing up a little bit more. The studios kind of uh, kept it there for good. I am Googling. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I was, things have changed, especially at studios mm -hmm. since I was younger. Right. So I'm trying to connect the dots of what they started with versus what they have now versus what they had even when I was a kid, because they had like a whole American Idol experience when I was there. They had the hat that I love. Don't know. Let's not talk about that because we will get into an argument. And I really enjoyed the great movie ride. Since then, clearly there is stuff that is new and stuff that is old and i just don't know what the old stuff is you want to enlighten me there uh, frank right so i think i think when uh, the park first opened in 89 it was movie ride the backstage tour so again as you've heard us maybe talk about hundreds of times before uh, jen and i were both into the all new mickey mouse club and so seeing those sound sound stages were a big deal knowing it was filmed there was a big deal uh you know the indiana jones Epic Stun Spectacular was there. And so Last Crusade had just come out in 89. So I felt like that was a big deal. You know, Star Tours opened a little while after. And, uh, I, you know, I felt like that brought me back into Star Wars too, because I had gone on like a G.I. Joe World Wrestling Federation kick for a while. And, uh, you know, it just kept planting seeds at the right time where like Indy was open in 89 and then Star Tours came and then Muppets came. It was like all these things I was into as a kid suddenly were coming back. See, I don't think I'm trying to think of things that I quote unquote, I mean, I'm still growing. So this is really not like a very valid <laughs> like statement, but it was more just the characters, I think for me. They okay. Am I was I dreaming this? Maybe this was in Magic Kingdom. Maybe I don't know where this was. They had where you could walk through Mickey and Minnie's house or Minnie's house or someone's house. Mm -hmm. I oh, heard someone yeah, over by where Dumbo is now in Fantasyland. Oh, there, there was Mickey's Birthday Land and Mickey's Starland and Mickey's Toontown Fair. See, you guys know that. I don't. I I was like I swore someone said that. That was what I remember. I don't like. I don't have the whole. Now I guess it's with the Marvel stuff, but right. it's not, I'm, I'm like married now. So it's not really me growing <laughs> up and seeing these things come to life. It's me just being me and seeing these things come to life. I guess I can appreciate it more now that I'm older, but. Right. Yeah. And we, and we were all big on uh, citizens of Hollywood. So that was also a big deal. It's kind of getting this live entertainment as soon as you enter a theme park and then uh, visiting attractions that were connected, you know, we all, all had connections to our family. Um, just by Star Wars, Muppets, Indie, Mickey Mouse Club, you know, and the great movie ride itself, Wizard of Oz, you know, Papa Dola loves that scene. We don't even know why, but. Um, I just, there's such a, there's such a gap and, and I can, I, it just makes everything click because I know that there's like the Muppet stands and like you guys, I know you guys all bond over it, but <laughs> It's just, it's a it's a generation not a generational thing because I I feel like that's too yeah but you you 
were born at five years after Jim Henson passed away. There's no way you could understand, and I don't mean that as a slight. No, but to I was a experience Sesame it Street at the girl. time, right? But even to, I mean, and I was a Sesame Street kid, 100%. Bert and Ernie, you know, and Big Bird and Oscar, they're the count all, all in on Sesame Street when I was a kid. But it had, again, this, there was something to it when you were experiencing it while it was being created for the first time. And, you know, you can go back and watch those old clips. It doesn't hit the same as when it was new and fresh. I think that's really what I mean, rather than to slight your age. I I think I slight your age plenty, so that's fine. PBS was was it? Is that like a my thing, or was that an everyone thing? No, it was thing? there. It was there. Okay, mm-hmm. so I think I grew up more with like a PBS upbringing, and then cartoons like Cartoon mm-hmm. Network, WB thirty nine. Sure. You, you know Disney. Uh, what was it? Zoo Disney, but before that they had Playhouse Disney. Was that? That was after, I think there's a whole timeline that I can't keep track of. I just, there was, there were gaps and my parents didn't love me enough to make me watch that stuff. But fifth grade, we did do the Muppets intro. Yeah. The Muppets intro for our fifth grade talent show for like our intro. So we like redid Mm -hmm. it and like made it ours. So, I mean, I have ties. It's fine. I'm cool. I, I seriously, I think other than the Jason Siegel 2011 movie, which came very close, I think this Muppets Haunted Mansion is as close to anything that uh, seems like old school Muppets to me. And, and again, like people love Muppets Christmas Carol. It's not my thing because it's the first one after Jim Henson passed away. I couldn't I could never do it. I could never connect to it. So. Uh, to me, Muppets Haunted Mansion is the first time I'm like, wow, I feel like they they went for it. They captured a little bit of it. They took a risk. I like that, you know, and it, and it felt like Muppets at the same time. You're making a face because you can enjoy it as much. I'm trying to think of what my like Muppets would be. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> right. And I know that that's not they're, they're not comparable in that way, but, but they are. They're an ensemble of characters that that's are really all likable. Mm hmm. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is like a cartoon I can I grew up with that was like consistent and you know whatever the whole crew piglet's my fave. That's besides the point as well. The theme song makes you feel good when you hear it. Theme song makes me cry. Um, <laughs> gotta cry. get up. I, we're not doing that. We're not doing a sing along <laughs> right now. But my thing at Disney World because I haven't been to Disneyland maybe in twenty twenty three because 2022 is already booked let's (laughs) but disney world i think my main thing was character autographs Mm -hmm. and then my main thing at universal growing up was the character meet and greets themselves like taking photos with them Mm -hmm. because that's all i can really remember is uh because we didn't do autographs i don't think in universal we did it strictly at disney like my autograph book is back there Right, you're not putting Woody Woodpecker's autograph in a Disney autograph book, right? She walked off. She's walked off the set of the podcast. She's getting out her autograph book, everyone. Get ready. What? Are you are you judging me right now? No, no. I was comment, doing some commentary for you if you wanted to keep it in the podcast. Oh, I will definitely keep it in. I don't think I did, but I thought I had a Woody Woodpecker. Oh, I have Universal Signatures. <laughs> <laughs> We got five in there. 
I have Doc Brown, Woody. Okay. Look how cute Woody's is. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cute because he drew the little face. I was playing tic tac toe with myself. Betty Boop, uh, Beetle Bailey. Oh, remember Beetle Bailey? Throwback. Mm-hmm. Captain America. I don't even remember getting Captain America's okay. signature. And then we go back to Disney. Oh, Jimmy Neutron. I also, oh, Jimmy Neutron. Oh, Jimmy Neutron. This is tragic. <laughs> this is actually a tragic throwback. I could never go on Jimmy Neutron because I was a Hanna Barbera person so once once they uh closed up shop on Hanna no, Barbera, no, no. i was out of there that was a nice little i think for me that was a nice transition mostly because i i enjoyed Hanna Barbera, and then i grew up watching jimmy neutron so it like kept it the story going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tommy and chuck where was there a tommy and chucky meet and greet well i have their autographs <laughs> so uh and max told me to stay cool Wow, look mm-hmm. at me. If anyone cares, I can post pictures of these there autographs that I've completely uh, scribbled over and traced with my... Let's, some some Insta content right there. Always Insta content. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> we went into a whole tangent on uh, Muppets and things. I Something just dropped and I just got scared. Was there anything else on your Disney uh, upbringing that you would like to tell on your journey? Was there a job that you you know, really loved that you had there that really. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was in the studio's character entertainment department from 95, the year you were born. She's gone again, everyone. She's gone. She's looking for another autograph book. She's coming back now. What is she? Maybe she's trying to adjust things on her shelf that are falling down. From 95 to 99-ish, mostly 99. So, you know, I did the Toy Story Parade. That was pretty much my my glory year and a half or so once uh, the Hercules Parade came in in 97. And then once Fantasmic opened in 98, that kind of split the department a little bit and and, and it was fine because Fantasmic, a great opportunity for a lot of people I worked with that uh, it just didn't feel the same anymore. And so that's that was part of why you know, graduation was around the corner at UCF. So I did uh, transition a little bit over to Universal, kind of in a three-part trilogy of work over at Universal. So you ended strong. You started from <laughs> the bottom, and now you're here. Uh-huh. Ish. Okay, no, we're, if you're on my <laughs> podcast, you got to just agree. <laughs> I didn't strong. realize there was a Hercules parade, so I just looked it up on uh, on the Googles. If hercules had done better at the box office it would it did not stick around that long i think it was supposed to be several years in the park but once it didn't do well at the box office they quickly replaced it with mulan as i mean well i mean you would you would fully fund that in any time correct i feel like mulan deserves more love than she gets i i know she gets love and harmonious but i think that that is just not enough and not and not helped by the live action coming out in the middle of a pandemic, you know. It like you couldn't you couldn't build off of that in the parks because you can build off of it because it's awesome. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> we will go ahead and take that segue into Universal then, mm-hmm. and you can you can uh, start with your first experience at Universal and maybe tell the folks what you did at Universal from there. Well, this might be enlightening to you and, and, and help you understand things better. The first time we went to Universal, which was either 
I want to say it was the summer of 1990. I think it was, and it had only been open for a couple of months at that point, if, maybe two months at that point, two and a half months. And we had issues all day with rides breaking down to the point that they gave us comps so that we could come back the following summer. So our first experience, our first impression of Universal was such that uh, it never, it never could match uh, the qu the quality of Disney, as it were. But it was like everything, everything shut down the whole day. I don't. I, I remember going on Kong the first time and maybe seeing the Ghostbusters show, and I think that's all we did. And between the rides breaking down and I think it monsooned in the afternoon, that was that was it. I think there's pictures that exist of us going to Universal and hashtag always MGM on the same day. Uh, for the record, everyone that's listening, when he says Kong, he means confrontation, oh, not reign of Kong. There's only one Kong. That is also very accurate. However, I just wanted to clarify for folks at home. Mm -hmm. I will say, and we've had this conversation at least a dozen times, maybe not a dozen, but Confrontation was a great ride. I wish it was still here, but I'm not sorry that we got the mummy instead. So there's plenty of places to put the mummy that we didn't need to close down Kong, but I understand. Like where? Where would you put the mummy if you could? If it would make sense? Please I don't know. There's that, there's that fear factor thing over there that you know only gets really used for special events that I think we could plow some area build an attraction i think they were trying to recycle the goods you know the guts sure money you. it's whatever mm, i'm just saying anyway continue your universal hating <laughs> there's no hating so there's there's only less nostalgia but i am nostalgic for the park so you know and we went back a couple of times there in in the early 90s and once i started working there you know, it came in and came in three parts. It, it was a trilogy. The first time I worked there was as <laughs> Mr. Bean at Halloween Horror Nights. I'm sure you want to you want to really dive into that a little bit more. Uh, then in the spring of 99, I joined the VIP tour group because Island Adventure was about to open. And then in the fall, uh, I switched over to events and was kind of part of the coordinator team uh, for special events at the park, which was supposed to be coupled with doing tours, but they were, it's a, it's a long story. Maybe we'll get to at the end of the podcast of what happened there at the end before I moved back to New York. <laughs> oh yeah. Frank is also from New York. If you didn't listen to the Jen episode, <laughs> go, go, what is it? Four episodes back and you can, you can deep dive on why they both ended up back in New York. Well, mm -hmm. she only talks about her, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So you started, when did they start Halloween Horror Nights? We're at 30. Technically we're at 31 if we want to be technical. So what year is this? 23? I mean, I think that was seven or eight. I think I was there for eight and nine, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. All right. So yeah, that was, that was, I wasn't going that. No, no, I wasn't going then. You would have been three going to Halloween Horror Nights? No, 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 no. <laughs> I wasn't going to Universal. Sorry. Yet. Yep. I wasn't going to Universal. I think I started going at like five or six. Mm -hmm. So you started as Mr. Bean, which mm -hmm. is a weird way to start. 
it was a weird way to start and tractions or right but i mean i had just graduated from the ucf theater department so i was like trying to you know oh uh, you know explore uh my horizons as it were so they were having horror nights auditions and when i left uh they called me and said that i was gonna be mr bean which was odd i think but also and i you know there's a little bit of revisionist history on it I'm not 100% certain that <laughs> Mr. Bean was supposed to be part of Bill and Ted. I think they framed it almost as a pre-show to Bill and Ted, and which was fine, whatever. You know, I, I wanted to perform a role, so I, you know, I, I nobody told me anything before my first day of work. I go, I go in, and they have the tweed jacket and the tie and the whole thing, and my hair is whatever it is. And they give me basically a wooden doorstop, you know, you know, like like a little shard of wood that you yep, would put yep. under I, a door. I'm you know? not that young. I you know, know what a doorstop they, they, is. They, I, well, they got nicer doorstoppers these days. But they were like, here is your stake. You are a Mr. Bean, the vampire slayer. And you're going to walk around New York with, with a Buffy lookalike, which I was like, how is she not in the Bill and Ted show? She looks just like Buffy. And which was fine. And it went very well the first weekend. I, I thought it went very well. And it went, I thought it went so well for them that they put a chainsaw in my hand for the second weekend, which <laughs> I, I mean, if you know me, you know, not to put a chainsaw in my hand. Also, I thought that went well, lots of comedy to be had. I, you know, watched lots of uh, Mr. Bean videotapes prior to the start of work and cable or whatever. And then I think either the chainsaw team got upset or, <laughs> or I, you know, they were just like, you can't have a chainsaw. I don't know which one, but the third week they were like, you're not even going to be Mr. Bean. You're going to be a zombie. And I think we both knew at that moment it was time to part ways. And so I asked to part ways and they were like, granted. I don't even know. I know I've seen Bill and Ted. I love Bill mm -hmm. and Ted. I miss Bill and Ted. I'm confused how they could move you or change that much. That just gives me a headache trying to keep up with it. I'm also trying to figure out where you posted the Mr. Bean photo. Uh-huh. It's on, it's on the gram somewhere. Is it? Okay. I'm going to search Probably. through the gram and I will share, share it inevitably yeah, when this launches. So you guys can uh, enjoy <laughs> in that love. Oh, I found it. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, and I, at the time, you know, Halloween Horror Nights wasn't eight weeks long or 12 weeks long, whatever it is. It was legit like four weeks. So it was the third week of October by then. It wasn't like early September and I was out. It was it was a shorter time frame of uh, the I Horror Nights season. I understand that, but that's still week by It was week all changes. weird. It's yeah. just, that's a little for me but that's okay no judgment. it was all i mean and i wish i knew what the real story was but i do not so and then so you moved mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you want me to do about? it in chronological order you gotta do it in sure. chronological order so okay tell me what you want to talk about i don't know all of it you gotta just lay it all out for the folks no and, and so that was <laughs> so that was october of 1998 i went back to work at Disney for a little bit because I was seasonal at that point and Gross. they were all in in chaos not chaos I wouldn't say chaos but it was a reorganization because of Fantasmic so it was like you couldn't I was like I want to work full-time and I felt like 
everyone was busy with Fantasmic. So it just never happened. And once I got through the holidays on the other side, I started doing theater things again. And the Fringe Festival was coming around, but they had auditions for uh, VIP tour guides. And, you know, the character, the character work at Disney, you know, was hard on my body. So it made sense to try to find uh, an option to not beat myself up so much. And uh, the VIP tour guide seemed like an opportunity, especially with Islands of Adventure being like six weeks away. So there was like a monologue audition. And then I think I had to improv some stuff about this, the, the park. And I did. So after the audition and the callback, they called me. And then I was part of the VIP tour guide team uh, for Islands of Adventure's opening in the spring of 99, which was pretty awesome to be part of a, a park opening. I mean, especially Islands of Adventure, since it's so awesome. <laughs> That's fine. We'll, we'll, mm, no, let's dive in. I was going to say, yeah. we'll save that for the end, but let's just dive right in mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. I don't even know what was open at Islands of Adventure <laughs> when they first <laughs> opened. I just know E.T. forever and ever and ever, but that's the right. studios, so. So, you know, most of the tours I would do at Islands of Adventure were five-hour tours, so on a, on, a, on a normal day, I would say I hit Hulk first. I would skip over Fearfall and maybe come back uh, to that at the end if there was time. So Hulk, Spidey, and then I think Ripsaw Falls was not open at the beginning. So then we'd go right to Jurassic Park and do like lunch at Burger Digs. <laughs> it was easy to drop people off at Jurassic Park. They were more than happy to do so. I just, I'm not... The food, it's a burger. That's all I'm going to say. Go ahead. Compared to a lot of universal food, I think it was better than most. City Walk is where it's at. And it's sure. right there. If you're trying, if you're going, Islands of Adventure, I will say I'm not, it's very hard for me to find things with islands that I like to eat. Mythos is fine, but that's sit down and you got to commit a lot of time to. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but like, you know, sit down restaurant time. Confisco's is very hit or miss Mm -hmm. in terms of service and timing. And uh, the Fire Eaters Grill, it's like a little stand. The food is fine, but like it's a stand and it doesn't get proper, you know, it doesn't get the proper line situation. I don't waste my time with Hogsmeade. I don't, (laughs) I I ain't sitting through all that. And Jurassic Park, the burgers can be very salty and Thunderfalls, like the ribs and the trick chicken is hit or miss. Like, yeah. That's it. That's my, if you could see my facial expressions, you'd understand. Oh, I understand. And universal food is tough. It's a tough thing. But yeah, so after lunch, then it would be Dueling Dragons, Poseidon's Fury usually, and Cat in the Hat. And okay. Back to the other side. We have to discuss that. <laughs> the tragedy. Well, it's not so tragic. It's kind of the wounds are healing. Mm-hmm. But Dueling Dragons was such a great ride. Of course. And I'm so distraught that it is gone. And I people are going to hate me for saying this, but mm-hmm. I kind of wish that Dueling Dragons was still here and maybe Hulk left. Now, with that being said, I love the Hulk as like a character. Mm. I guess they redid Hulk to make it a little bit smoother and everything. So right. they they try they're trying here. But Dueling Dragons was just such a classic that you the fire and the ice and the touching, getting close and the 
being awesome. I just, I'm, I'm still distraught, but Hagrid's is a great replacement. It's a great ride. I just, I'm very sad. I'm very sad. No. I like the dangly feet. The mm-hmm. whole thing. Just yeah, I think I was, I was surprised. I mean, I get it for space confinement and whatnot, but I also think you could have maybe tried to build the coaster on top of the eighth voyage of Sinbad or whatever it's called over there. You're uh, really just <laughs> digging into these. Uh... <laughs> the uh, nothing wrong. It was nothing wrong with that show. You know, a lot of this is what I remember, right? Everyone had high expectations of Islands of Adventure. And I just remember the things that were pointed out and how spectacular and the details and all of this. And it was very cool. It was very cool. And it was cool to talk about as a tour guide. But I always had a sense that everyone didn't buy in to the same thing in the surrounding areas. So I think we were left with what a lot of empty space, like Merlin would, I would say, was perhaps not fully realized. I don't want to talk down on my parks here. No, you don't have to talk down on. No, I'm not. No. Even, I'm not even talking down on. No, it. No. That was. The I was impression. going to. Well, no. What I was going to say is, is I think turnover-wise, the things that they've changed and the things that they haven't changed are very inconsistent. <laughs> like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they change the things that people really like. And then they kind of delay and maybe it's, it's a difficulty in clearing the space. I don't know what it is, but, uh, our buddy Poseidon's Fury, which <laughs> I actually, okay. I really like Poseidon's Fury. Right. I think out of all the, I think if I were to pick Poseidon's or Sinbad's, I would always pick Poseidon's and, and mm-hmm. it's, I think it's pretty quality. I like the whole water tunnel spoiler. Mm-hmm. It was just cute. In COVID times, I can understand why it hasn't been open. And now there's walls up and I I don't know what they're doing to it. Right. And I'm worried. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a perfect example, though, of a very, you know, a lot of universal attractions sometimes have very cool technological features. And because it feels like it's not getting the love it then kind of does not hit the mark. And Poseidon's Fury is a perfect example of that. Like that water vortex is amazing. It's so cool. And, you know, for for it to kind of be ho-hum, you know, and, and then the show changes, you know, enough that it, it just doesn't, it doesn't land the same, I don't think. I get, mm, I'm trying to, <laughs> it reminds me, I, it has really nothing to do. And there's, it's not very comparable. It just reminds me like in Figment when you get to like the last room and it opens up. I it just really mm-hmm. appreciate that whole. Right. I really appreciate the whole thing. My mm-hmm. problem, my question is, is Sinbad, what are they replacing it with? And Poseidon's Fury, I, what do you really, like it's kind of part of the theming of the whole area. So really, what are you either, what are you updating it to or what are you getting it out to become? I can't believe the whole area still exists, including Mythos. I don't care if it's the greatest restaurant in all the Orlando theme parks, whatever that greatest, says. It's the number one theme park restaurant by <laughs> something, something, something. Because uh, honestly, like just have Harry Potter consume it all like a Dementor and we'll be out of there. And we don't need, we don't need anything else, Harry Potter. I don't, I genuinely do not think we need anything else, Harry Potter. <sighs> 
like what what else would we put that's harry potter i i'm not enough of a harry potter uh you know novice to say what i would put there that's what i'm saying like i can't i'm enough to i just don't think it warrants this the space and then you got the velocicoaster bridge now into into, <laughs> into uh which majinker but in like they when you first go in there you can go left right. and cross over into velocicoaster so you can't have mm -hmm. a dinosaur in the middle of your your harry potter land even though you technically do anyway but that's besides the point this is supposed to be about love and nostalgia for Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. I just I want to just reiterate that. I am in love. I just clearly things are changing and I just would like <laughs> to be aware of such changes before, you know, you can leave something alone. I, I'm I have to say that I feel like a lot of people started listening to Jen and I because of how we would go off about changes. And I feel like we're the least reactive now to changes i feel like everyone else around us is like what and we're like no we understand i think it's because with because of what the changes are mm -hmm. because a lot of the changes that have happened recently are things that we were made aware of and it's just time has gone mm -hmm. by with me and been has been closed for a while the parks reopened for COVID or after COVID, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they use that as like the extended queue for Hagrid's. And then Poseidon's Fury recently have walls. So maybe they're just repainting it, but I don't know. I just would like to know what the, what are they planning? What is the future of the park? You're already getting rid of Shrek. Let, let me not even get up on my high horse about Shrek. I mean, I know it's time, but I assume Secret Life of Pets but this is what else are you, what are what else Jeffers, what happened with the shrek franchise why did it why was it just too many was there too many was it not spread out enough what went wrong with the shrek franchise why isn't it held in the high regard the times are different nowadays <laughs> i okay they probably could have done without the last one but i don't think this is just my personal take i don't think any of them were absolutely horrendous Right. They probably just could have, like, you know, kind of like Toy Story, where they probably could have added more to maybe the, the movie before the last one instead of doing another one. Mm -hmm. I feel like they probably could have done that. I enjoy DreamWorks. What other DreamWorks movies can they put there? Maybe they'll bring back Jimmy Neutron. Prince of Egypt. What do you want to put up there? Uh, but, okay. We're trying to appeal <laughs> to the children of today, not the children of yesteryear. Right bring back nick studios this is my universal listen to me bring back nick studios change the shrek to some new nick show that's popular that i don't watch nickelodeon anymore because mm -hmm. i don't i'm too old i'm not too old but everything's on paramount plus water beans cafe what do you want to see no 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 <laughs> what would they put if they either have to put a dreamworks thing or a, or a nickelodeon thing that's right. that's you. what i feel I don't know what they're doing, Frank. I'm just really distraught. I'm distraught. You can go back to your tour and we're talking about Poseidon's Fury. And then yeah, I'm not done talking, talking about Poseidon's <laughs> Fury. No, but my overall point is I feel like that has always been, you know, what's funny is that there is this love for Halloween Horror Nights because you can see the love and the care they put into it. I don't think it's necessarily seen in all the other 
attractions throughout the years. I don't think they, you can tell the dedication they have to Halloween Horror Nights as opposed to some of the other recent additions, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, I'm speechless. That's why there's a long pause here. Halloween, okay, so this is my other thing. Halloween Horror Nights used to be a two-parker. To, you used to be able to do Universal and Islands. And now it is a one-parker and they just made more houses and all that other stuff. Do you, I want to, I think I know the answer or at least my opinionated answer. Do you think that was a good move or a not so good move on Universal's part to condense it all into one park? Well, having come from, it used to just be in one park when I started, you know, when I was there, I, I never saw, again, that, connection for it being in islands of adventure so to me it's a studios it's a, it's an og park event not an islands of adventure event is, is that the answer you're looking for or that um that was the answer that i kind of was looking for yes that's that's fine it'll suffice i just i know that back way where it connects seuss landing and you know, the back way and the fried rocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see it getting a little too rowdy nowadays mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. way Halloween Horror Nights goes. So I think that it was a good move. I was just curious your thoughts considering you worked there and you used to, you know. No, I, I mean, and that's the thing. The energy of Horror Nights just when I was there, late 90s, was I couldn't quantify you know i couldn't compare it to anything else i mean i really love christmas at the disney parks but at the you know and i i went to very merry when i was a kid but and obviously very merry and horror nights how are they even the same sentence but in terms of the energy of the park that is created for the event there was nothing like horror nights that's why it, that's why it, it is what it is right now well hollow scream especially since it sounds sea world is giving it a run for its money for sure mm-hmm. that's my hot take. I haven't been to Hollow Scream. Our buddy Justin, Monorail, Skipper Bob, mm-hmm. Theme Park Rob, Cocktail Bob. There's too many Bob Robs and yeah. there's too many. They just went this weekend that we're recording this. And I have to say it's a smaller event. I'm almost positive it's a smaller event. I think it's half the size. But I think they execute it really well mm-hmm. based off of what I've seen. And I think we have to watch out for the SeaWorld Bush Gardens uh, Wombo Combo. That's just my hot take. They're going to have to keep putting, but I think you're you're seeing it run because you're seeing more time and dedication put into it. So they got to actually maintain that. Universal has no qualms about maintaining their energy into Halloween Horror Nights. I I don't know if I necessarily trust uh, SeaWorld and Bush to do the same. I mean... Okay, fair. I just was saying that. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't mean to like, I'm here to yes and you stuff first. I'm not here to uh, shoot perfectly. down your claims. There's no negating in uh, improv. Anyway, <laughs> back to Shrek. I do think, I, I think that they're saving this for Epic Universe, but maybe they're not. They're going to give us a little pivot. How to Train Your Dragon would potentially work in that space. There was that video uh, on Twitter today of no. what, what, where is the universal... Uh, park that has the uh is it japan that that has the how to train your dragon probably it's always japan (laughs) whatever you want that's universal is usually in japan Mm -hmm. pokemon how to train your dragon 
Oh, I have the fool. Let me tell you. What do you, you put? What are you putting in Epic Universe? What do you want to see there? Nintendo. Mm-hmm. See, but Japan's like doing all of it. Nintendo, Pokemon, and I don't know what else they have the rights to. To be honest. Back to the Future. No, that needs to go back in the original parks. <laughs> Let's stick Simpsons over in Epic <laughs> and get rid of it. Simpsons needs to go. That is probably an unpopular opinion, but that red is nauseating and Back to the Future deserves better. Maybe should, like a nostalgia, like a like a section just for us. Right. Mm-hmm. But then E.T. would have to be moved, and I don't know if I'm okay with that. I want to see Hill Valley recreation. I think we deserve that. But, you know, that that's the thing about, there's things that I love and make me go, huh, about the uh, original park, you know, in terms of layout and things like that, that I wish, you know, I wish there was more room, I guess, but this is why we can fantasy book uh, Epic Universe, because it's the dream to be. Epic Universe is huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of space there. They're going to have to do like, I know they're going to have hotels, but or a hotel at least, but they're going to need like a water park, a huge Nintendo, you know, that Mario Kart thing better be bigger than it is in Japan and, you know, better. I'm just not that I'm pooping on it, but, you know, bigger, better. Oh my God. I, that's what I, I don't know if they're trying to do like a whole kids thing or what's going to happen, but this is going to be insane in the membrane. That's, that's just crazy and ginormous. I honestly don't know how my wife does a lot of her remote work in this room when it drops off all the time. I don't know how she does it. You get a Wi-Fi extender. That's my suggestion. Well, I guess we've been saying that for three years. Well, in, the, in, in the original park, in the original park, Correct. tell me what you missed the most. Back to the future. Mm-hmm. Probably back to the future. I know a lot of people would say Jaws, but I didn't have that close of a connection to Jaws as a lot of people do. Yeah. I think Back to the Future was more in my zone. Not that I don't miss Jaws because I thought it was fine. Uh, Jaws, I think it would go Back to the Future, Confrontation, Jaws. Nope. Okay, those are those three. Put that Earthquake. off to the side. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Twister, I've learned to love right before it closed. But let's throw those on the side. Nick Studios, I miss. Mm-hmm. Hanna-Barbera, I actually miss. I wish mm-hmm. that stayed what it was, but I know it's the time thing. Beetlejuice, because mm-hmm. I wasn't able to really appreciate it when I was younger. So now that I'm older and like I would, like I love Beetlejuice, I really would have enjoyed that. And then throw the other three back in there. What else am yeah. I missing? I mean, I miss dueling, but like that's right. We, we don't talk about that other, the other side. Now, my tour in the original park would be it was twi- I would take I would go Twister, oh. Kong, Confrontation. I loved I loved Twister. I don't know why. It was just something about it. I mean, it was a year old when I, I started. I used to cry. It's great. And how Bill Paxton's, you know, pre-show spiel. Was great. Yeah, it made me it was cry. There's a, a demon. There's a demon. And so then Kong. And then I, I let them choose between Earthquake and Jaws. There was a long time I didn't go on Jaws. Jaws was always broken when I visited the park prior to me working there. Always. And then I would do Back to the Future. Lunch usually happens, you know, because of the food court that used to be over in the expo. And then I would take my lunch while they were at uh, the Animal Actors. And then I think I just would finish up with Horror Makeup Show and T2. Hermaid, Okay. 
rewind our list back <laughs> i actually really enjoyed terminator and i think that would be a nostalgia check mark for me mm-hmm. mostly for the supers that just would make me and my dad laugh and my brother laugh when we went to go watch it but i will say born spectacular is a very 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 good show there are too many varies cut one or two out but you know it's, it's a really good show horror makeup is always a good time mm-hmm. i don't recall i wish they would maybe update it a little bit because i think a lot of the videos that they have right now are i know that they're the classic mm-hmm. horror movies but i think that they can probably because they up. still show like the rick baker clips and things like that yeah so yeah maybe you just update update those it's fine i don't i'm not mad but i i miss the old universal but i'm also really thankful to have like the mummy and all this new stuff that we have first you think there needs to be a lagoon in the original park can't we just like we do have a lagoon in the original park. no i know cover it up and build something on there you can put jaws back in there <laughs> build, okay so the lagoon show is cute but nine times out of ten i don't watch it mm-hmm. so what is the, the lagoon really there for i don't know if we should cover it though i don't i don't know it's a nice little bridgeway to like mm-hmm. the other sections i don't i don't know if covering it up would really i think it would ruin the feng shui of it all probably i'm trying to now i'm picturing in my brain that in the central park area oh, i feel like there's just Thank so God. much space over there that maybe push it out put more grass you know mm-hmm. make a new hub yeah. but universal style right right but like put benches don't just put the grass like put benches mm-hmm maybe mm. I don't know it could be either. that though i just feel like the combo there i'm like there's a lot of space here it takes me four hours to walk around it diagonally. Does not it does not take it does not take four hours you're being dramatic it's as long as getting out of the car at the animal kingdom and getting to the tree of life that's how long it is i'm sorry is universal above or below animal kingdom i'm not really Islands sure. of adventure is probably above animal kingdom wow mm. wait so you're at velocicoaster yeah, you know, well, that's right. And I'll really put it over the edge. And um, and the original park, it just doesn't have enough. If, if it still had some of the older stuff, if it still had T2, it still had Back to the Future. If it's, you know, I think maybe I would feel But if they bring back T2, put it where Shrek is. No, that's not. Let's not <laughs> put that in the universe. Nobody can do that. <laughs> what, uh, after you were touring, mm-hmm. after you were touring, what was your yeah. next stop on the the Frank? It was, Frank it was the final, Orlando. the final stop. Mm-hmm. final stop which was in events and i was an event coordinator for you know the companies who rent out portions or all of the park Microsoft. after operating hours yeah so i was usually in charge of making sure the entertainment was hitting their appointed times throughout the evening and uh, i did that from september of 99 until i moved out of orlando in january of 2000 did you and Jen, we already know the reason why Jen moved. Was that the same time? Same reason, no. same? Oh, same reason? Okay. Uh, well, I'm, no, it was different reasons. So okay. it was uh, more uh, <laughs> my own things, which mm-hmm. was the uh, quarter life crisis had hit. Oh, I, yes. So I kind of saw my own glass ceiling at in Orlando of working in the parks. I didn't, I didn't uh, feel like I was going to... Uh, reach the the goals I had seen for myself in Orlando and part of that was just I needed more experience and I wasn't going to get it 
in Orlando. And, uh, you know, I wanted Autumn back, if I'm being honest. I will say I love going to Orlando and I'm going to try it with everything in my being to make more frequent trips, especially since I work from home now. I love the weather we're having right now (laughs) here in North Carolina. It just makes me happy. Cold weather makes me happy and I don't want to cry every day, you know, and I think that that's the little, little victories. Just I hear you, but you know, could I have stayed a little while longer just to see, you know, I think it's all, it's all speculative, but uh, you know, what's interesting is that I know that the department I was working in when I left, you know, after 9-11 was no more. So really just working the job I was in at the rate I was working, uh, you know, I probably would not have been employed within 20 months of when I moved away. Yeah, a lot of things that they do now weren't a thing or the things have just evolved so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess with any, any you know, park, but, but them too. So probably smart, smart move. What was the uh, question you asked Jen that seemed like so important? It was like an important question you asked Jen. I was like, how am I going to answer that question? And she asked, do you remember? If you could tell your, <laughs> your past or present self, hold on. Uh, it was, if you could tell yourself, give yourself advice or something to that effect, what piece of advice would it be? And then something about podcasting, what is like, I don't know why I didn't take notes. I just know that she talked about how she did like public speaking. Like if, if you told me that I would be doing like a podcast when I was like having trouble with public speaking before. So something like that. So what's a, but you did like theater. You didn't even even ask the questions. I don't even know what, uh, if I went to tell my past self, I mean, I think that. If you had advice for your past self. What advice would you give your yourself yourself now? We'll I think that you're you're making the right choice. I think it would be something I would tell myself. I mean, I probably I probably should say push harder for things because I didn't necessarily still don't necessarily push hard enough for myself. Um, but I don't. I I, I my my family, my, the blood in my family. Uh, allows us to dwell on things in the past. And it's uh, very easy to get sucked down that rabbit hole. And I think that I know deep down that I made the right choices all along the way. So I think that would be something, especially when I was in my late twenties or so that I would, you know, going, should I have left Florida Association? Should I have stuck it out? What should I have done? Um, that just like, no, you made the right choice. And I, okay. And then I asked her, mm-hmm. If you could give advice to someone starting a podcast, I was also, I'm honestly going to look it up what I asked her, but if you could give advice to somebody who is starting a podcast or a podcaster, what would you tell them? It's, it's something along those lines. You're there. You're pretty much there. You want me to stall while you're still looking or are you? <laughs> Do you remember the question? And you're just I don't making rem- me look no, it up? I don't remember the question. It's something along those lines though, but I know how Jen answered. I believe because the thing that's in my head is, is I'm like calling, listening to her say it. And I was like, oh, that's how I would answer. I wrote this, I wrote a play uh, a long time ago that has gotten read a few times, but hasn't gotten too much farther than that. And, and the, the 
premise of the play is based on something that George Bernard Shaw said about um, baseball manager, famed baseball manager from the turn of the 20th century, John McGraw. And he, you know, and no one knows if he was snarky or not when he said it, but he said, you know, at last I found the most real and authentic, remarkable man in America. And, and that is because in great part that John McGraw, like there was, there was no facade. You, what you saw is what you got. And uh, so that was something that always stuck with me was, you know, I, I struggle with, as you know, by being uh, perceived as angry or uh, not approachable sometimes that I struggle with being genuine. And so I'm always on the trying to be real and authentic path. You definitely stole Jen's answer. It was, I did. what would you tell your younger self like before you started this podcast? What would you, what would you, you really be authentic? That's yeah. That's what she said. Right. She said, be authentic, but that's, I mean, that's the quote and I, I'm a subscriber to that for sure. And, you know, I, I, I'm very much organic by nature. So, you know, and we've talked about it, not making sure it's always fun, but it, it's true. It's uh, I think it, it, it's, it's, it's a thin line. I think Jen and I walk on, uh, especially this past year, this calendar year, where we feel like, you know, we're, we're on the brink of things. Sometimes we, we joke about that with my family that we'd like, we're on the brink. And uh, I don't know what we're on the brink of, but, you know, trying to keep it organic and not forcing things so that we become frustrated by it is a challenge. That's, I don't remember if I told this to her, I honestly just skimmed to figure out what the question was, but that's something that I've taken and kind of put it in the back well not put it in the back it's kind of in the front but posting on social media is fun to an extent but there is a time where I just am not in the mood like on Friday I, I didn't post anything one because I was just super stressed and two I just didn't it didn't feel like if I posted something it would really be anything meaningful but like if I'm tired and I'm about to record I always find that more motivating just because I know the potential conversation I'm going to have. I don't know why I'm talking with my hands. No one can talking see. Talking to me, that's why. <laughs> no All I see. do is talk with my hands. But I think I look forward more to the conversations I'm going to have with people because I don't do this podcast solo because that terrifies me. So I, I wouldn't say I pushed myself to record, but even if I'm tired or I had a bad day, like I look forward to doing this despite the numbers. Like I don't, who knows who listens to this thank you to my five friends but oh come on okay six friends but I that's just something I think talking and having conversations and getting to know people is more authentically me than me posting a photo from my vacation Hmm. or telling you how I mean I enjoy telling you guys how to vacation but I'd rather just tell it to you than like tell it to you like right. via via social media also my generation is way too into social media and I'm coming to terms with not relying on that too much because I also just don't want to be on my phone too much I think everyone has become reliant on their phones social media or not especially the past 18 months just being out and about this weekend I was like Phew. You just can tell who's doing the Instas and who's doing the TikToks. You just see it everywhere now. It's amazing. 
and not in a bad way. Just get the con- get your content, do what you need to do. But it's it's just amazing of how I mean that's what everyone was doing basically. Yeah, I I enjoy. So I used to scrapbook. My thing was is we would take photos. I would go get them printed, and then I would take like when I went to Vegas in 2015. I took like the poker or not the poker chips, but like the chips from like the casino. And Mm -hmm. I took like the maps and the this and then that. And then I made this really nice scrapbook. And I used to do that for various trips and things. And when me and Jackson started dating, I started a scrapbook and then I kind of just fell off. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I'm losing, I enjoy taking photos. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if taking photos for the content is really the direction I want to go. I feel like I'd rather take photos and then tie it to like a fun fact or like a trip pack or like, I just don't want to take it just so I have something to post. Well, we know that as opposed to me, which is it's funny when I, I'm about to say it since I just don't understand the technology of it, but you prefer the stories to the posts why do you prefer the stories the stories are fleeting and i feel like they show the more authentic so Mm -hmm. like posts honestly i (laughs) was talking to angela i think or maybe it was jen and angela and i put out a post and they come like they said something to me like oh wow your post was really nice and i and she was like how did you like how long did it take you to come up with that Mm -hmm. and i was like i just do it on the spot Like, I know what time I post. I keep that consistent. I try to find a photo to post prior or like plan to, you know, throw a reel together or something. Right. And I, it's just becomes when you run out of stuff, you run out of stuff. So that's why I also have a blog so that I can kind of, you know, throw the photos in something, but actually tell you some beneficial information because you can only stare at me at these theme parks for so long <laughs> before you're just like, Stephanie, we get it. You love Orlando. Just calm down and move there. And who's calling you Stephanie amongst your followers? Oh, you would be surprised. <laughs> that shows that they're really into it. But that's my thing. Uh, stories is like, I can just kind of say it. Honestly, 99.9% of the time, I haven't brushed my hair, which is kind of the thing I do. Mm-hmm. But I don't really dress to impress it sure. it's not like posed it's just me talking about stuff or me sharing thoughts or me sharing I just like sharing I don't I'm not a news podcast and I'm not a news necessarily like on a news blog I, sh- right. I more or less share tips and I'll share like you know hacks or whatever but I like to share the news so that you get it when I get it type of thing Mm-hmm. And kind of just talk to people based off of, oh, did you see what they just released or what they just posted? That's really what I do on my stories. Or like I'll share my friends, like their accomplishments or their things. I don't know. When we started the podcast on uh, when I was doing, I mean, it's still it's still out there, but it's not being utilized. The Improviser's Guide podcast, Theme Park Thursday was the Thursday edition of, of the podcast. And there was one episode I remember where I said to Jen, I was like, it's the end of the month. You do the, like, you pick five stories from the month. I'll pick five stories of the month and I'll edit them and we'll alternate them. And I put that episode together. I was like, this is so not our podcast. <laughs> I was like, this is not us at all. It was just, I put it out and I was like, whatever. 
because I just it, it didn't sound authentic. It didn't sound. I was like, this is not what we're going for. So let's move along and not do this anymore. See, but what you guys do is really impressive because you reach out or you know people that you can kind of interview and talk to and like get you know like what we're doing. But like you reach out and you really get those people that you really want to get to or get to know or whatever. I'm too scared to do all that. So I, I don't do that. I feel like, at least with this show, I have talented friends or people that I know that I feel like other people should know about too. Right. And then my stories, I just kind of throw stuff together. Posts are just too, I don't feel like I'm insightful enough or I give you anything. Oh yeah, you're time. not making them organic. It sounds like what you do with your stories are more organic than what you do with your posts. Well, posts, I have to like think about this, about a picture I took a month ago. And at first, when you first get back from vacation, the posts are on point because I'm like, oh yeah, I know what I was thinking here. Mm -hmm. But like food, I really would just want to post food and like abstract things, but those never do well. So then I'm just like, I'll save those for myself. Right. <laughs> and then just, you know, post me. I don't know. These algorithms really just mess with me and my imposter syndrome and I also just end up judging myself way too harshly so you know it's fine it's hard it takes a while to get out of that though judgment is a hard thing and you know I know imposter syndrome is is a thing these days but it's also you know about being true to yourself if you feel like this is uh, who you are then you're not being an imposter you're being who you are well, that's why I post a bunch of universal photos and I say to Disney be darned. <laughs> you gotta be you. I post both. I'm being dramatic, but I mostly post universal. I don't think universal has the community that it, I mean, I've found people, so I'm kind of generalizing here, but I don't feel like universal gets enough love. So again, her. right. It doesn't get enough love, but I don't know if universal has kind of the, you know, I, I talk about the shared experience a lot. It's a theater thing, right? You're actor and audience. I don't know. And this is why Halloween Horror Nights works. I feel like people have a shared experience with Halloween Horror Nights that I don't know they're necessarily getting just visiting the parks. I mean, you know, when both sides of Harry Potter opened, that was there. But I don't know if that's there for anything else. And with Disney, you get a lot of shared experiences. I'm making a face, but he's not... Whatever true universal stands will have the shared experience. Okay. You can just tag me that you wrote ET. I will say that since I've started my whole ET, everything, anyone who goes to universal will say, oh, I'm in line to write ET or, oh, I'm mm -hmm. going on ET just because they know and love me. And I think that that's pretty that's nice. well. And that's not to say that people who are visiting universal parks aren't having experiences. They're having experiences. I just don't know if it's in the same communal way that you're talking that's about enough. the community that, that Disney has. I, that's why I do the Orlando Informer meetups. That's why I'm mm -hmm. parts of like groups on Facebook that kind of have that sort of thing, but it's not in the same, like in terms of creating, it's more just like experiencing yeah. it together, which is fine. But uh, your girl needs some content. <laughs> too so that's fine. And, you know and you know the, the the dream is that that you want that i mean i want that for universal i want to see it there's enough things there that i like that i want to see that kind of next level i only see it with halloween horror nights grinch I, this is a thing too i'm sorry 
<laughs> I thought I was going to see it more with Velocicoaster. Like that was a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. like with the previews and everything else. I was like, oh, oh, here's something. Here's some experiences people are sharing together. And then it kind of just the summer came in mind. It's fine. I, I found my people. I found enough people. I just, you know, most people are Disney people and there's nothing wrong with that either. I just don't dillo it. Embrace your I'm, people. I'm, I'm dilloing it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Frank, are we at the end of your journey? I don't, I, I don't know so. where we left off. We went on a no. tangent about. <laughs> no, I leave, I leave wanting more. Well, we can always come back. next. Oh yeah. Year and do it can, oh my God. Maybe I could do you and Jen. On a, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. that'd be I don't know what kind of kerfuffle of an episode that would be but nonetheless Frank has more love for Universal than Jen does and it's <laughs> fine I just I do and I want to love Universal more than I do I love it more than Jen but I also want but you to won't love go. it more but you won't I, go it's very hard mm-hmm. to justify going in small windows that I usually travel to Orlando I got to go on the Velocity Coaster so that mm-hmm. has to happen reasonably soon I just don't know when those are the excuses by Frank. <laughs> I'm really glad we took this deep dive here. Really made me, I need to dig up some more photos. My nostalgic photos of me at Universal. Little steppers. Yeah. The little steppers that could. Oh, I have a really cute photo I have to find. Okay. Oh, that Fievel's Playland slide is still 10 out of 10 water slide. All right. It's a little, you don't even remember. It's fine. I do a little bit. I see it. I it's picture green. it in my brain. Green little rafty tubey thing. It fits mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. person like two kids yeah that's fine frank yes thank you for being you and oh not not dillowing (laughs) well not being not being angry for an hour plus well i mean you froze a few times so you really kept on brand at least yeah tell uh the lovely folks at home or wherever they are where they can find your stuff and your things and your and your life sure uh, theme park Thursday with Dillow's Days, a podcast that drops every Thursday on all your podcatchers, the social media at Dillow's Days, on the Instas, the Twitter, the, the, the TikTok, as it were, Facebook. You can find us there. We do a Theme Park Thursday live stream, as it were, on Thursday mornings these days. We just shifted to the mornings because Frank started working in the evenings again. And uh, all along the way, we do we drop in, you know, little random events and whatnot the forever 44 for door club which staffers did you watch the blues brothers yet since we talked about it i haven't had time Frank, oh i've been God. very busy i have wedding things so i don't really need to hear it right now staffers appeared on the live stream for the blues brothers discussion i got attacked i got attacked six minutes six minutes of the blues brothers she watched something like that that sounds about right <laughs> And, uh, uh, you know, coming up in December, I think we'll have some uh, holiday-related fare, both on the podcast and live streaming as well, as we try to grow the brand. We're on the brink, everyone. We're on the brink of what? I don't know. That's, uh, that, so you figured out your your holiday plans? Is that, you're, you're still did, planning I, it? We're, yeah. still, we're still working on the 12 days. We're still uh, working on the 24 vlogs, whatever it oh, is. Oh, don't, don't do know. that. Don't commit to that again. Don't do that to yourselves. <laughs> Oh no, that's thanks, Steffers. This was awesome. Oh, did you plug Dillow's Diz Resort? Oh, I did not. I should plug the resort above all else, Dillowing the, the resort all year long. Here we are. Speaking of trying to remain organic and not force anything, Dillow's Diz Resort.com. That's our Patreon membership with 
memberships as low as $1 per month. $1 gets you into that one channel discord that Steffers loves to be a part of where uh, if maybe by now it's possible that we have restructured the tiers for the month of November. I'm hoping to have that in place for November. So correct. You're the first episode in November. We're recording this, you know, a couple of weeks in advance because Steffers is a planner, y'all. Steffers mm-hmm. is a planner. What was I going to say? I'll have to plug myself. Oh yeah, do However, it. If uh, you guys don't follow me already, I'm not really sure how you found me, but Instagram is Adventures with Stuffers. My Twitter is AsianZing95, and I have a website with a blog and cool things that I post sometimes. And you can also listen to my podcast on my website. It's AdventuresWithStuffers.com. And uh, if you well, you're listening to this podcast on some sort of listening device, but if you haven't caught up, you should rewind back up. Make sure to listen to my episode with Jen and you know all the other episodes as well, because I got some exciting things coming up in my life, including a wedding in a month from when you're listening to mm-hmm. this episode. So I hope you guys have a great day, evening, night, weekend, morning. What am I missing? Afternoon. Weekend. Uh, weekend i don't know what all the things that i usually say at the end i hope you have a good one of it and we'll see you maybe next week maybe the week after next have some close friends in the same vicinity as frank but you know they're cute they're a couple you'll find out so stay tuned for that and we'll catch you on the next one 